This podcast is brought to you by Podcast Nation. Welcome to Raw Beauty Talks. I'm your host, Erin Trelore. Ready to peer behind the highlight reel and all those polished pictures of the world's biggest influencers and wellness experts, we're going to uncover what beauty, health, and wellness truly means in today's world. As someone who really struggled with disordered eating and negative body image, I became a health coach because I'm passionate about redefining health and wellness so that it's less about the weight on the scale and more about how we feel. Let's pull back the curtain for some raw beauty talks. Hello, Raw Beauty crew. We are officially in 2024. Oh my goodness. Some of you are going to cringe when I say this, but New Year's really is one of my favorite times of the year. While I don't buy into all of the new year, new you hype, I do think this is an incredible time to take a step back and to reflect to gather awareness and insight about what went right the last year, what went well or what felt good, what we want more of, and to also reflect on the difficult times, the valleys that we were in, and what we can carry from those moments as well. You've heard me say it so many times before, but I really believe wholeheartedly that life is happening for us, not to us. However, if we don't take time to stop and reflect every once in a while, it's a lot more challenging to gather the lessons from all of life's moments. So whether you've already done it or you were absolutely not planning on doing it, I would really encourage you to even just take 10 minutes, take a blank piece of paper, fold it in half, and on one side, write down some things that you are calling in for the next 365 days. Maybe you want more joy in your life. Maybe you want to feel more at home in your body. Maybe you are excited about a career change. Maybe you're nervous about a career change, but you're calling that in. Put it down on a piece of paper. Say it, name it, call it in. We're going to manifest that in the coming year. And then on the other side, take a moment to write down anything that you are ready to let go of anything that you are ready to release. Now, with all of these things, whether it's stuff that we are welcoming in, calling in, or things that we are leaving behind, we got to align our actions with what it is that we want to create in our life. So just taking a moment to reflect on those things and consider what can I put in my calendar to make this a little easier? Who can I book a call in with? my coach, my therapist, my best friend, like who's going to help me actually move towards these things or away from these things and just really like take a moment to reflect on how do I actually bring this to fruition? What is the strategy behind the desire? Where can I line up my actions with my wants? Okay. There's a little exercise for you to do, a little tool that you can take from this episode to help you get this new year started on the right foot. Now, I am huge in regards to awareness and knowledge being power. I feel like it is impossible to make change in our life if we can't see where there are patterns or cycles or behaviors that aren't serving us anymore. You know, if we're blind to these things, we're just going to keep operating within them. So I found a really interesting 
a couple weeks ago, somebody mentioned on a breakthrough call that I was doing that she wasn't sure if she was a binge eater or just an emotional eater or what the difference between those two things are. And it really got me thinking that I actually believe that a lot of us don't know what type of eater we are, whether it's healthy or not healthy or normal or not normal. Now, of course, there is no one way to eat, and there is no normal when it comes to eating. But there are several patterns or cycles that we can get into that can be destructive, that can impact our health and our well-being on multiple different levels. So in today's episode, to start this year off, I wanted to take a moment to talk about something that I've been discussing behind the scenes with my clients for over five years now. We're going to discuss the four main eating profiles or styles of eating that most people fall into. And I'm going to help you identify which one you are. And then we'll talk about little ways that we can shift or adapt or change so that we are eating more in alignment with your body, with your natural cues, and in a way that will serve you best in every area of your life. When we think about food, for so many of us, it is something that can support us through difficult emotions. It's something that gives us pleasure. It's a way of connecting. But at the most basic, fundamental level, food is our fuel. And if we are using it, as fuel primarily, then it's this incredible tool that can help us to feel really good in our body and can help us to live out our desired life, whether that's traveling or using our gifts or talents in the work that we're doing, caring for other people, regulating our emotions so that we show up in a really beautiful way in our life. So food is a tool and because of a number of different reasons, it's become a tool that is very complicated for a lot of people, if we're being honest, thanks to diet culture and stories that have been passed down in our families. Food can feel like a very complicated thing for a lot of people. So I hope today's episode helps provide you with a little bit more awareness and some tools and insights and practices that you can use so that you feel a little bit more ease when it comes to food and your relationship with food and your body. Fast forward to the end of 2024. Think of your goals for a second. What can you do right now to give yourself the best chance of succeeding? If you want to learn a new language, you absolutely should get Babbel. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that really don't help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts to help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversation, and Babbel's tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teachings so you're ready to practice what you learned in the real world. If you're heading to another country anytime soon, start using Babbel a few weeks before you go to learn basics like how to order food, ask for directions, speak to merchants without having to consult language apps while you're away. So fun. Here's a special limited time deal for our listeners. Right now, get 55% off your Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners at babbel.com slash raw beauty talks. Get 55% off at babbel.com slash raw beauty talks. That's spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash Robbie Detox. Rules and restrictions may apply.
This episode is brought to you by Lola V, an award-winning hair care line founded by the fabulous Jennifer Aniston. Jen got tired of the same old struggle we all face, choosing between hair products that work and ones that are actually good for us. With Lola V, that dilemma is history. We all put our hair through the ringer. That's why it's crucial to have products that not only repair the look of the damage, but also shield your locks from future harm. Enter Lola V's bestsellers, the Glossing Detangler and the Perfecting Leave-In Conditioner. They're your hair's new best friends. For a limited time, you get 15% off your entire order at lolavie.com. Just use the code rawbeautytalks at checkout. Lolavie is all about naturally derived plant-based goodness, no silicone, sulfates, parabens, or gluten, and of course, cruelty-free and vegan. That's 15% off your order at lolavie.com with promo code rawbeautytalks. You can only use one promo code per order and discounts can't be combined. After you purchase, they'll ask you where you heard about them. Tell them I sent you over. So to begin, let's just get really clear on the four main eating profiles that I've identified as a coach and that are often talked about in various food and nutrition books. Okay. So the first type of eater is the restrictive eater. The second type of eater is our overeater or our emotional eater, binge eater. The third type of eater is a combo eater. I'll get into the details of that. And then our fourth type is the intuitive eater. So restrictive eater, overeater, combo, and the intuitive eater. We're going to dive in by discussing the restrictive eater. So I would say that as a child, I didn't think a lot about food. There was food that I liked. There was food that I didn't like. I was a big eater. I remember some people mentioning that it was weird that I brought two bagel sandwiches for lunch and I would have a chocolate chip muffin from the cafeteria most days. And I just really love food. And I, I ate a lot of food and I was very active and always doing lots. And I didn't really put much thought into it. Then I went through puberty and my body changed and it felt uncomfortable. And I realized that it had shifted away from that beauty standard, which at the time was this waif-like woman. And so I began to eat healthier and I began to cut out fats and I began to count calories. This is a what we would term restrictive eating style. And it can look different based on different people. But this individual is chronically on some sort of diet. They're always dieting or eating clean or on this wellness journey. You may find that they exercise compulsively, or if they're not able to exercise, they're really uncomfortable in their body. A lot of guilt and anxiety shows up. They tend to think about food and their body and their weight all the time. It is at the forefront of their mind. They are thinking about their next meal, what they are going to have, what they're not going to have. If they're going out for dinner, they're probably checking the menu beforehand, making sure that they know what they can and cannot eat. This individual decides when to eat primarily based on rules and structure, rules and rigidity. So they are eating in alignment with intermittent fasting, or they are eating in alignment with keto or no-carb diet or only whole foods. Whatever it is, there's rules and structures around it, and they are diligent about sticking to that. They can be quite rigid about what they're eating. And most oftentimes, this person has that, whether it's physically written down or just mentally up in their mind, they have a good and a bad food list. So 
Just taking a second to think about whether you've ever been in a cycle of restrictive eating or if you know somebody who's like this. Oftentimes, I'll work with people who had a mom who was a really restrictive eater, who was always on Weight Watchers or who was kind of cycling in and out of diets constantly or thinking about her body all the time. Maybe you've had a good friend who was in this space or still is in this space, or maybe you're relating to it yourself. All right. So the thing with identifying this is that it's not meant to shame you. It's not giving you some uh, one other reason as to why you're bad or not enough. It's just to give you some information. So take the information. It doesn't say anything about you or who you are as a person. It's just giving you a little bit more insight into a cycle that might be at some level holding you back. As you can imagine, when you're a restrictive eater, you're not eating in alignment or in tune with your body's hunger and fullness levels. In fact, you've probably felt hungry at a time and told yourself that you were not allowed to eat at that time. Or you might feel that you're you're very out of touch with when you are full because for a long time you've said, I can only eat this amount of this food. And as a result, the volume of those fullness levels has significantly gone down. A restrictive eater is also like spending a lot of mental capacity thinking about food and their body and their weight, which has us straying away from other things in our life, our career, our relationships, the things that we're passionate about, our interests, in order to think about food and our body. Okay. The second type of eater is the overeater, the emotional eater, the binge eater. So after I left the hospital because my restrictive eating had turned into a full-blown eating disorder, I was at a healthier weight and that restrictive ED voice was a lot softer. But I found myself in a space where sometimes it's almost like I would black out, but I would just find myself eating and eating even though I knew I wasn't hungry. So the overeater is somebody who also tends to think and talk about food quite frequently. It is on their mind. It is taking up a lot of mental capacity. The overeater may diet, but they really seem to be all in or all out. Like when they are on the diet, they're doing it. When they're off the diet, they're going in completely the other direction. This type of individual turns to food when they are triggered by something. Food is a comfort. It's a coping mechanism. It helps them to navigate difficult emotions that they're feeling. And in some cases, it helps them navigate really good, beautiful, exciting feelings that they may be having. So this is the type of person when they've had a stressful work day, they're going down to the kitchen and they're eating and eating kind of, you know, at a subconscious level, hoping to escape that feeling that they're noticing. Or they may be somebody who celebrates with food, but food has really become attached to their emotional well-being. The overeater often eats endlessly or while they're watching TV or maybe while they're scrolling, they will eat until the item is done or the plate is clear versus 
when they begin to feel full. So again, this person is not eating in alignment with their hunger and fullness cues. They're eating based on emotions. And the trouble with this is that when we're eating solely based on how we're feeling and our emotions, then we may find that we're not eating enough or we're eating too much more than our body physically needs. Those hunger and fullness signals that we are born with, they're there for a reason. They help give us guidance as to how much we need. So when we're not cued into those, we can find our having too much or too little food. So this is the emotional eater, the overeater. I will say binge eating is a compulsion to eat where it really feels out of control. So binge eating is a type of disordered eating, the most common type of disordered eating. And while it is really common, it's a bit different than emotional eating or overeating. When you are binge eating, you can have these periods where you feel quite dissociated from the body and you're eating to the point of extreme discomfort and emotional dysregulation. So a little bit different. If you're a binge eater, you probably know that you're a binge eater. And if you're uh, more of an emotional eater, you might be questioning like, is this binge eating? I don't think it's binge eating. But either way, whether you're an overeater, emotional eater, or binge eater, you're likely consuming too much or too little food for your unique body. And we're no longer using food primarily as fuel, but as a coping mechanism. Eating style number three is the combo, and this is somebody who ebbs and flows between restricting and overeating. We call this the eat, repent, repeat cycle, and I would say it's probably the most common eating style, the most common combination, because this individual is going to restrict food, most likely because they feel guilt or shame about their body. So they restrict food, and then that restriction leads to overeating. If you can imagine me right now pulling up a pendulum on one side, when I let that pendulum go, it is going to swing over to the other side. And this is what happens when we restrict. It's like we are pulling the pendulum up on one side, and eventually, because our bodies are not meant to be in a space of famine or restriction for too long, we swing over into a state of overeating. And this is a really normal response that our body has. However, <laughs> what we hear from diet culture is that the overeating just means that we aren't disciplined enough. It means that we weren't able to stick to the diet or the plan that we were given. But our body really truly wasn't meant to be in that place of restriction and dieting for so long, which is why we end up overeating. This is also why 98% of diets fail within the first three years. And two-thirds of those people end up gaining back the weight that they lost plus gaining more. Diets work on the short term, but they're not a long-term sustainable plan for wellness. I'm going to say that again. Diets do work. They can work in the short term for some people, but they are not a long-term sustainable plan. And two-thirds of people who diet will end up gaining the weight back that they lost plus more. And so what we find in this combo cycle is that individuals ebb and flow between restricting and overeating, restricting and overeating. And slowly over time, you may find that your weight 
is going up. You feel more disconnected from your hunger and fullness signals because you haven't been using them for so long. And you also may start to feel a lot of guilt, a lot of shame, like you're the only one who can't figure out this whole eating well type of thing. You may start to feel uncomfortable in your body and you may feel fatigue because for a long time you've been disconnected from the body's signals. The fourth type of eater is our intuitive eater. So this is somebody who eats when they're hungry, and then they tend to stop when they are full most of the time. I mean, I'm an intuitive eater now, but I will have moments like when we ordered amazing Chinese food on Christmas Eve where I have more than my body needs. But here's the thing. That happens few and far in between. Most of the time, I'm pretty cued in to when I'm hungry and I feed myself and when I'm full and then I stop. We don't spend that much time thinking about or analyzing our food choices. And so there's a lot more ease around food. You're not having to read the menu before you go to a restaurant. I finish a meal and then I use the energy from that meal to fuel me in the work that I'm doing, in my time with my kids, in building relationships, in planning travel, like all of these amazing things. And then when I start to feel those niggles of hunger, I go get food or make my next meal, whatever it is. And then when that meal's done, I go and use that energy to live my life rather than constantly thinking about food and my body and my weight and all of that stuff. With intuitive eating, there is this innate trust in the body that the body's not going to just blow up and gain all this weight. And it's so freeing. And I honestly never would have believed that this could be possible, but your weight just lands at what we call the happy weight. This is a term I actually learned in the hospital, which is this space where your weight may fluctuate 5, 10 pounds, but it feels really easy to keep it in that range. You don't have to think about it a lot. You're moving your body consistently. But even if you – like there are times when I haven't worked out for two weeks and my body just doesn't change that much at all, if any. So it's just this easy range that feels easy for your body to stay in and therefore you don't have to think about it too much. An intuitive eater is going to look at food primarily as fuel, but also as pleasure and connection. So there are moments when with intuitive eating, I am fueling my body because I'm hungry and I need the fuel, but I also want to eat things that give me pleasure. Or And I also might have moments where I'm eating because it's a moment of connection. I'm out with friends and we're all having dinner or there's cake served at a party or an event and I have a piece of cake. So food is primarily fuel, but also pleasure and connection. And intuitive eaters will use the fuel that they receive from their food to do activities that fill them up. I can't tell you how incredible it feels to be in this space where after restricting for a couple of years and then being in this cycle of restricting and binge eating for several years to finally be at this place where there is just so much ease around food and where it's just not as complicated as it once was. I'm eating in alignment with my hunger and fullness 
signals. And I'm not thinking about weight or counting calories or weighing myself every day. And as a result, I've been able to create this beautiful life because I've had the capacity to put energy and to focus on other things. When I started this work, I really truly was living in this basement suite in a place my husband called the darkness. I've told this on the podcast before. Um, And I was really struggling with food and body image. I mean, I looked like I had it all together on the outside-ish. I mean, I was definitely heavier weight-wise because of the binging, but I was working at a restaurant and, you know, from the outside, everything probably would have seemed okay. And I bet for some of you listening right now, you're shaking your head like, I bet everyone on the outside thinks I'm okay. But I've got these behaviors behind the scenes that just don't feel in alignment. It doesn't feel great. So if that's you being there, and all I can say is that life can be so much better. And the more that you work on your relationship with food and your body and yourself, the more that is going to reflect out into every single area of your life, into your relationships, your career, your spirituality, your financial well-being. So while you may think, you know, this is just one small thing and if I can just lose the weight finally or if I can just hit that mark or if I can just will myself into stopping with the emotional eating, that this will stick and that it will all be figured out. You got to go deeper than that. You've got to go deeper than that and really do the work to allow yourself to eat intuitively, to get back on the same team as your body, to be living in alignment with your body's cues and really working on the same team as it. I cannot stress enough that this is not rocket science. We were all born intuitive eaters. Every single one of us. Think of a child when they're eating, right? They know what they want, what they don't want, when they're hungry, when they're not hungry. Some days they're more hungry than other days. They stop eating and when they're done, they go off and play. They're not thinking about this, that, or the other thing. And while they they need some time to develop flavor profiles for certain foods, it's just not as complicated. And you were exactly the same. You ate in that way too. But because we live in a society that is so hot and heavy on diet culture and thinness, the messaging along the way is that you could not trust your body, that you cannot trust your body's hunger and fullness cues, that they are not a reliable or safe source to follow. And that is not true. In fact, it's the opposite of true. And in order to really thrive, you've got to connect back to those hunger and fullness signals. So I have a free training called Beat the Binge and Find Food Freedom. I'm going to link to it down below if you'd like more information on how to start to shift to an intuitive eating style, I want you to click the link down below. It's a one-hour training that I do. You can watch it whenever it works for you, but just make sure that you dive in. If this is one of your intentions for 2024 to really leave this stuff in, in the background and to repair your relationship with food in your body so that you can focus on all these other things, you've got to watch this training. Let's get down to the nuts and bolts of how to find true food freedom in a lasting, sustainable way. 
All right, everyone. My wish for you in 2024 is more insight and awareness and a whole lot more joy. Take a second to take that blank piece of paper, fold it in half, notice what you're calling in and what you are leaving behind in 2024. Then take a picture and please send it, share, tag at Raw Beauty Talks. I cannot wait to see what it is that you're working on this year. I'm so excited to have incredible guests lined up for 2024. I cannot wait to tell you who we've got coming on the show, but you're going to have to just hang tight a little bit longer. I'm lining things up with every hope and intention to support you in feeling your absolute best in your body and in your life. Thank you so much for being here. It is always such a joy to connect with you week to week. If you enjoyed this episode, please take a moment to rate and review it down below and then send it off to a friend who may benefit as well. All right, everyone. Love to you all. Take what resonates. Leave the rest behind. Thanks for taking the time to listen to this week's episode. Please take a moment to rate, review, or follow on your favorite podcast app and share this episode with someone that you think could benefit. Join the Raw Beauty Talks community at Raw Beauty Talks. And remember, it's your story, your body, your mind, and your journey. So think about what resonates with you and leave the rest behind. I'll see you next week. Do you ever feel like you're struggling through motherhood? You're not alone. I'm Erica Jossa, host of the MomWell podcast, therapist and mom of three. Join me each Wednesday as I sit down with guests, including psychologists, pediatricians, psychiatrists, fertility specialists, lactation consultants, and more to unravel the myths of motherhood. With expert advice, practical tips, self-love, and some coping skills to help you along the way, you can become the mother you want to be. Listen to the MomWell podcast at momwell.com slash listen or on your favorite podcast platform.